No, no, it's not all right. Nothing is all right. Now, now, please, please, turn the ship around. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not like Foster. No, don't. I'll shoot. Hey, not. I said stop. I saw the way you were looking at me before. What? The way you took care of me and touched me. You want me. You're crazy. I know you want me. That's why you wanted Foster gone. So we can be alone. So I sent him away. For you. For your writing. For us. No. You're a murderer. Stop. Well, then shoot me. Kill me. Shoot me. This is Cinema Beef, um, the, the burnt ends, those are the, the crispy pieces on the end of the barbecue that, uh, they taste oh so good, or maybe bitter in, in, in some of these, in this sense, but, um, it's <laughs> the single, single review show that we do, uh, just, just, just to have more reviews out there and, you know, watch some fun stuff, and, um, we are watching tonight, uh, Circuit Breaker, aka Inhumanoid, from 1996, We'll get into all that when I after I introduce our guest. He is um, one third of my uh, broadcasting team on the last call of Torchies, and he has his whole whole network of podcasts. Notice the Cinema Degeneration podcast. Uh, I don't even call you call it podcast network, but there's there's a bunch of them. I'm sure he'll tell us all about yeah. them. Yep. Cameron Scott is here. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about this one because this is a, uh, you know, part of that Roger Corman lineup that we were discussing, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I got I got a lot of thoughts on this one. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was so many. I, we'll, we'll talk about it, but this series, this is part of the Roger Corman Presents series that was on Showtime, that were like full length movies. Apparently, there was a whole season of like fifteen or something, and then like a whole second season of these. So. Just putting out, um, I'm sure with the help of Julie, because they're under the New Horizons uh, label, um, if, you, if you rent rent something like this. But um, yeah, we're going to do to the to the plot and the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, Circuit Breaker, a.k.a. Inhumanoid. Look for it on your IMDb. It says, A family of three is traveling in space where they encounter a stranded spaceship. They manage to pull out one survivor who's in shock. However, the, when the father goes on to investigate the ship, he finds that everyone was murdered. Suddenly, the stranger leaves him on a damaged spaceship and starts to terrorize his wife and daughter. It sure does, you know what? Fuck you, people. Uh, this is a little long here. Uh, it turns out to be that the stranger is really an emotionally unstable android program without morals, making him go on a killer rampage. 
Well, he did that already. Who will who will survive? Um, the fun thing about these movies is they star a bunch of genre people that, that you love. Um, Richard Grieco, take him or leave him. He's charismatic as fuck to me. Plays Adam, our, our robot man. Um, he seems like he's the one person really acting in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> Everybody else is just kind of, eh, they're just sort of there. You know? Uh, Laura Harris, who I don't recognize her much, um, plays Katrina, the, the wife. Uh, Corbin Burnson, the great Corbin Burnson, uh, plays Foster, the, the husband. Uh, Brittany Ashton Holmes, who might not say, sound too familiar, but she plays Amy, the daughter, but she was... Uh, Darla in that Little Rascals movie that, that I'm pretty fond of. I, I think it's funny still to this day. Um, Edie McClurg shows up as Dr. Marianne Snow. Uh, Robin Gamble shows up as, as Adam's father, I guess. Rob, uh, as Dr. Milton. You know, a little Paradise Lost right there. Um, oh, yeah. And there's some other there's some other folks in this movie. Um, not a big cast, though. Not it's big, pretty isolated. Pretty tight, yeah, pretty tight. Um... This is directed by and written by Victoria Muspratt, who didn't do a ton, if I remember correctly. I'm going to look real fast. Directed, uh, I think, is it either a remake or not, Macon County Jail from 1997, White Wolves 3 from 1993, and apparently uh, directed something called Ma- Magic and Mischief from this year. Uh, didn't do a whole lot, though. And Quite a, hi- quite a hi- hiatus, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, no. If you watch it though, you know it's it's not it's not so bad to where you wouldn't work again. But I, I guess maybe it was a bad experience. I don't know. I'm sure there's not a lot of research done about this movie, so we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, Cameron, th- thoughts and possibly prayers about uh, in in humanoid, aka Circuit Breaker. Oh uh, well, jeez, ah, in, in, in humanoid, aka Circuit Breaker, aka Roger Corman presents Circuit Breaker. Uh, <laughs> I swore I had never seen this movie until you had suggested it. I like I looked and I'm like, okay, this looks familiar. And then I started to watch it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this, but it was so. Uh, it, it, I'm just going to blow my load right here. It, it was so lackluster in, in spots that it, I, I feel like it, it was easily forgotten if I had seen it. But it's it's really weird. It, it's it's a it's a it's a mix mash kind of mismatch kind of movie. It crossbreeds genres or different tropes. It's basically a healthy dose of you know uh, the Terminator with a healthy dose of Dead Calm, you know the the George Miller joint, and it's it's really weird. It's very uneven. I do like I do like how it's how it starts at the you know it starts at the ending so to speak without you know blow blowing everything here right off the beginning but you know it culminates in a bit you know the the adventure that it goes on you know with uh adam you know aka richard grieco and his his his, uh android character but it's it's basically it's it's a lot of dead calm we're i mean we're Richard Grieco's playing the Billy Zane character, and you got this Laura Harris playing the the Nicole Kidman character, who's like you know a troubled young lady uh, who's I, I had a thing like because a note I made here at the beginning was motherfucking Edie McClure being all judgy with her like the fact that all former drug addicts are just horrible people, right? <laughs> and uh, it, it's I think it suffers from not having enough Edie McClure in it too. <laughs> 
I just uh, I, I I find her to be a very calming presence in, in movies. Like you know, she's like a comfort food actor. You know, you see her and you're just like, oh, it's Edie. But uh, you know, it does have a great cast. The cast is pretty stacked for a, such a small, you know, isolated you know Reservoir Dogs kind of cast. You know, not very many people in it, but Corbin Burnson is being old Corbin and uh, Richard Grieco is being suave for uh, the rapey, rapey uh, <laughs> Adam Milton, I guess you could say. Or just, do we just call him Adam at this point? I'm not really sure. Yeah, you just but, call him uh, Adam. It's very, very biblical in that sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they did everything, but like I pulled out three ribs to make this motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say this is only recommending only recommendable for somebody that is a hardcore sci-fi nerd like myself because it it it's bad it's all sorts of bad but it's it's it teeters on the edge of being so bad it's good so i have to kind of give it a pass you know like i said it's a little weird it's a little out there but yeah, I I, 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 I have to admit as bad as it was it was and as kind of lame as it was at some points I don't know what this says about about my uh, my my tastes here, but I liked it. <laughs> it was horrible, and I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it has to do with Greek, all right, because you know, I, even in in bad stuff, you know, he 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 always had a certain charisma about him that could really carry a production like this. I mean, if you watch stuff like If Looks Could Kill, which you know, it it is it is a fun movie, but it's really stupid and it wouldn't work without Greco in it. It just um, it just wouldn't. I mean, this this was the guy that replaced Johnny Depp on One Twenty One Jump Street when he when he went to go be more famous in Hollywood. They, they needed they needed that face, and that face kind of stuck around and and acted in genre cinema that really elevated what could have been a real piece of crap. And right, right. And uh, like like I was saying like, earlier, like uh, I was saying earlier, uh, Richard Grieco feels like he's the only person really acting in this. Him and Edie McClure. Edie McClure feels like she's acting her ass off, but everybody else is like even Corbin Burnson, who's, you know, does a permissible job. But like everybody else just kind of feels like they're sort of sleepwalking through this one, if I'm making any sense there. Oh, you you are. You are because you got Laura Harris as Katrina, the the, the wife and mother. Uh, She's she's playing this whole. Oh, n- nobody believes in me because I was addicted to drugs. So I'm just gonna play this really dry and sort of care of my daughter, but fucking resent her at the same time because the the reason because in a hilarious scene in this movie, I know child death isn't funny, but they don't show it or anything. Adam, it's done tastefully. I'll it, say it's done to very tastefully. It's done very tastefully. Uh, Adam puts Amy, the little girl, inside this room or something. She thinks they're playing. But there's a giant spinning fan that keeps hitting closer and closer. And she's like, do it again, do it again. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, it gets close enough to murder her. And, you know, the whole her reaction to her, her, her daughter's death is, is, is kind of like a, a, a like an addict coming down in a way. Like, yeah, I'm so emotionally gone from all these drugs that I'm not doing. And, you know... Which leads to, you know, the, the Sunset Boulevard beginning that this movie did not deserve of the, oh yeah, she's on drugs. She fucking did it, man. You know, get her, get her, get her, you know. Right, the, right. Our, our Devo slash paintball uh, commandos that you see in the beginning of this movie, they're, they're wearing like <laughs> Lego hats and like pads and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, they look like fucking uh, extras from a Devo music video. Oh, man. But yeah, it, it really works. And uh, you forgot to mention one thing that I thought of immediately, you know, when Greek, you find out Greek was a robot and he's all horned up, was uh, Saturn Three. It reminded me a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. If you don't know what that film is, it's a film where, um, who's, um, who's the, 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 the world famous actor that I'm, I'm blanking on that it's the male. Oh, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas and, and Farrah Fawcett invite, um, a marooned, uh, Harvey Keitel, a very dubbed to that movie and his special robot on, on uh, on board. And he, he transports his robot, his, his conscious into this robot. Who's, who's very horny for Farrah Fawcett. And, you uh, that's this reminding me of this this sentient thing, you know, whose only weakness is his horniness apparently, because that's it plays really well in this movie. Like, yeah, you know what? My only weakness is girls that don't want to fuck me. He's kind of like a toxic male robot in a way. It just uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was really strange, like uh, how, how rapey this thing was. Like, yeah, you know what? I want sex, and I don't care how I get it, and. This woman has fucking strange dreams about a fucking beast man for no reason that goes nowhere in this plot. It's, it's, yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit. I, now, I don't know if this is like some weird come down fantasy that she has after she she was addicted to drugs. Her her I guess wishing that Corbin Burnson was like this beast man that would fuck her in her dream. Which she, I, I, I gotta say this for the filmmaker, you, you stole from Nightmare on Elm Street whole, wholesale. Because the scene where the scene where she's walking up in like the the, the nightgown, all you're missing is a little more darkness in that hallway. And I'm waiting for Freddy Krueger to come out and come kill Amanda Weiss. I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. Yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for the like the, the daughter character to pop up, the you know little Darla to come up and start going one, two. Freddy's coming for you. Uh, I'm waiting because it, it, it was filmed just like that, and it, it kind of hurt my soul a little bit. Like, hey, just just steal on wholesale, and and that's fine. But it, it leads you to this thing that maybe maybe Adam is is a dream, but of course he's not. But it, it just goes nowhere. This 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 desire to have sex with a beast man. Uh, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, the beast man. Like that. The whole sequence is just like all of a sudden, like you know, again, you know, Edie McClure leads in with her. <clears throat> You know, all former drug addicts are just horrible people that, you know, can't be trusted or, 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 you know, trusted in any way, shape or form. And then it goes right into the, the, our, our actress, uh, Katrina, uh, the character, Katrina, you know, having this like weird werewolf rape fantasy. And it just it's so odd. It is so strange, and it has no place in the movie whatsoever. I thought for sure, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, in this future, this weird sci-fi future we have here, maybe we're going to get some fucking werewolves. Nope, just in that werewolf freak fantasy thing that happened. It was really, really weird. And I would have liked some more clarification to why that (laughs) was was chosen. As a filmmaker myself, I was just thinking to myself, okay, this made no sense. This just felt like fucking random as hell. It, it makes you, you want to fucking write something in the script for yourself and say, well, he, he, here's the scene where she, she was, you know, sexually assaulted when she was addicted to drugs. And this guy had an incredibly hairy back, so she thought it was a wolfman or something, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not really belittling sexually assaulted people, but this thing being in, in the thing, you expect it to be some kind of foreshadowing. And not just, you know, which I, I will say that 
there's a part of the film where Greco reveals, uh, Adam reveals how he murdered his whole crew, which are retractable claws that come out of his hand. Now, the the extension of these said claws look really bad, but when they're out and they're they're out to, to kill people through these claws, it's actually pretty good practical makeup, and it just looks really bad when they're first extending out. Yeah, that little that one little quick CGI scene of them kind of like popping out is just like really bad. You could you could have just excised that entire shot, and it would have been all the better for the movie. Yeah, they can have he can have claw with claw hands like you know something they're ripping off again. Uh, on Elm Street. At least it's something. It's not it's not a werewolf sex fantasy that doesn't go anywhere. But I, I gotta say for Edie McClurg though that she, she, this is not your normal Edie McClurg. She's not playing Mrs. Poole or, or that kind of character. She she's playing it straight, and I I don't see many roles of, of her doing that in. You know, playing the the, uh, the like the scientist type person, and it's 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 different, but it's, it's a welcoming difference. You know, she's not playing that same. Character. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say definitely. I I, w- I thought it was an, a, a different, you know, a change of character for her. Usually, she's played the character with a little bit more whimsy to her, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more comedy and whatnot. But she's playing it pretty straight here, and I, I appreciate that. This is like one of the first roles I've seen of her, you know, portraying a character like that. So yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> another thing, this, this this film's ripped off a lot of things, and. You know, a- Alien, you know, being another one of those things. That right right to the point of them looking for, not really looking for a salvage, looking for, for survivors. But, you know, she, she she knocks Adam out of the airlock in this movie, just like an alien. And, and uh, of course, he, he, he's not dead, which is one thing I can appreciate about this movie. It's like, oh, she knocked him out of the airlock. It's a great false ending to make you think, oh, he's he's out in space somewhere. Like no, he like held on to your spaceship, and now he's back on board again, to to beat the shit out of your husband and, and possibly sexually assault you. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, it's something I wanted to touch base on. We already mentioned a bit before. This dude killed her daughter, like, and it's revealed pretty soon, like after he gets on the ship, you know, because of course let's be a good Samaritan when we're all uh, you know in space, where you know Foster Gordon Bergson character is is you know boards the ship, finds you know Adam. I'm using air quotes here that you can't see Adam, you know, that uh, Greco guy, and, <laughs> you know, brings him on board, and then he's unceremoniously goes back on, onto Adam's ship to look for more survivors, because he said there's, what, what did he say in, in, in the confines of the movie? There was four escape hatches. Yeah, th- 35 crew aboard, you think he said. Yeah, yeah, and that there was, everybody was dead, but there could be somebody else left on there, so he gets them to go back on. Within minutes, within like five minutes, he's done already killed the daughter, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I was just like, um, okay, we killed the kid, and the the, the mom, Katrina, has this total non-reaction to it. She just, like, uh, it, it was just like somebody, like, oh, no, it's like, it's like the old uh, George Carlin joke. Oh, shit, I dropped the noodles. Just, oh, shit. I just dropped the noodles on the floor. Oh, shit. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, my daughter just got sucked into the, you know, <clears throat> the, the the garbage disposal and got, like, you know, ate up <laughs> like a Cuisinart. Like, no, 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 no. But well, I got one question. How did the, the blood end up on the Raggedy Ann doll that was outside of the 
the the garbage lock area? Um, just... I, I I have no answer for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Maybe the door was a little bit faulty. I, I couldn't tell you. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying plot holes, plot holes. If the, the, the force <laughs> of the fan was enough to grind a child, you know, the the, the, the child grinder 2000, not in a sexual way, but in a grinding a child kind of way, <laughs> uh, I'd imagine there was some substantial splatter. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's see what in there took the doll out to say, you know what? But by the way, Katrina, I fixed your problem. And it, the whole the whole conversation they have, I guess, goes into it when she's like the child's hungry because your, your your child gets hungry. You you got you got to feed it and take care of it. She goes, yeah. now see, I'm like her slave and blah 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 blah. See that that's another thing about this film. She's playing as as a woman with the of of, of whimsy that is, that is on drugs, but she's supposed to be not on mm-hmm. drugs in this movie. Even even when her daughter gets you know gets taken by the child grinder two thousand. It's it's her reaction is is the reaction of a person who is on drugs. Like I just watched my child my child get shot in the chest. This is how I'm going to react if I am on drugs. And she's not supposed to be on drugs. It's 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 strange. I I, I her whole her whole performance is strange. It felt like she was acting in two different movies from one scene to the next. But I I agree that the 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 exchange of dialogue between. Uh, Greco and her is really odd because he tells her straight up, "You won't have to be her slave anymore. You're free now." It was like, "Well, damn! You could have just uh, could have gave her up for adoption. <laughs> Didn't have to go into the child grinder three thousand, as you so eloquently put it. <laughs> you know." And I also, I mean, also did not buy a bit the his his story. Like, you know, in the beginning when he's telling her, like, I don't know why I would believe him because it's Richard Greco, you know. <laughs> But uh, and he's shady as fuck. But you know when he's telling her this, she should not have bought his story about oh Foster got jettisoned from the connection with the mothership and there's bodies everywhere. But there's a nuclear breach and my ship exploded, so your, your husband's gone. I'm I'm Foster now. Call me Foster. And then he gets super creepy. He's like, yeah, call me Foster. Say it. Say it. And it's just super fucking creepy, man. <laughs> the part where um. Foster finds Doctor Milton uh, on the board of this on the board of the spaceship, and they're having that conversation about you know Adams you know he every he's he's perfect in every way except for you know his emotions can get the better of him. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say so bad. He he had to kill everybody on board, and he seen your ship. It's like he could smell the sex on board, so he he had to go get some. You know. Oh yeah, that's so weird. That's so weird. Like. <laughs> Like I love like when when he when Foster finds when he uh, Foster finds the the real Doctor Milton, and he's like the other Adam the the one that who had claimed to be Doctor Milton. He, is he didn't he say he was only two months old? Said he's basically a baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's a baby, two month old android. So he has no you know no. Uh, no morals. So that's something he said. He made him without morals because, you know, that seemed like a great thing to do. Because, you know, this also harkens to something we're dealing with now with AI. It's like, you want Terminators? Because that's how you get fucking Terminators, man. You create robots, androids, AI without a set of morals in place. It just seems uh, shady. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah, it does. Especially... You know the 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 way he is. I mean, he's just like any other toxic male that that there is, and it's almost like they instilled that in him. And I, I'm watching this movie with the mute on right now, just like so watching our time. And 
I'm getting to the finale, which is 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 the most exciting part of this film. So in, in a way, I'm glad they Sunset Boulevarded this bitch because you know once they get him back on board and the the daughter's dead, they can't fit, they can't put it back together again because the Child Grinder 2000 did a, did a great job of tearing her up. But um, <laughs> right. They fixed the husband. They fixed Adam too, and Adam is just just killing everybody on the ship right now. And th- this is yeah. The last the third of this movie yeah. is stellar. It, it is, is, the last third is great. It is stellar. It is, and to get there though, <laughs> it's just a weird experience. So I, I wish there was more, more, and more like this. Because e- e- but even in the end, you know, Katrina, she's like under psychiatric care because she supposedly murdered her child. And she's almost has this look on her face, like, "Yep, I'm waiting for sex from Adam." Like, "Yep, I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it." You know, <laughs> again, it, it's it, again, it's just like like Nicole Kidman's character in Dead Calm. She <laughs> ends up using this, uh, you know, her the sex as a weapon because at least in this movie, unlike Dead Calm, sex can kill this motherfucker, or at least overload him. You know, because he's not, you know, he doesn't know anything about these emotions. That's the thing that the 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 actual doctor says is that, you know, if he gets overloaded by certain emotions, we're not going to say exactly which ones. But if he gets overloaded, he'll like he'll, uh, you know, he'll reset, you know, or like have a shutdown like a computer would. So I think that's like what they're doing, you know, here with the. Uh, with uh, the Katrina character, that she's like using it, and then but she does kill him. Okay, I know we're jumping way, way, way to no, the, no, the she, head she, here, she jumping does. all around. He does have to die eventually. She, she is pulling the whole, you know, reverse psychology. Yes, I will have sex with you. Now, by figuring out a way to work to kill you. So yeah, she, she, she does, she does get him in the end. It's just, you know, the journey before that, it, it wasn't psychological on her part. It was just like. Oh wow! I'm playing this this distressed mother who just lost her child to the child grinder 2000. Let me act just like this, like I am on drugs, but I'm not on drugs. And and plus, there's this whole plot where they just drop all together to say, "Hey, we have to have this little girl back to us within 48 hours. Can you do that?" Oh, by the way, plot to the movie. Let's 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 stop to see what this this broken spaceship is about. You know, n- not concerned about this 48 hours that could possibly be. You know, detriment with their child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because uh, Ola Corbin Burnson is more intrigued with like saving this, salvaging this ship or salvaging what you know might be left of the crew than trying to save his own daughter. And what does he get for his uh, his troubles? He gets uh, clawed up by fucking uh, Greco Terminator. Oh, they fix him though. He's okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do love the part when Rico has got a hold of him after he's done sliced and diced him like a like a fucking like like so much confetti. And Foster is just laying there, and she starts to shoot at him. She she gets Rico in the shoulder with one shot, but then he just pulls up Corbin Burnson and uses him as a human shield. And this, she has this look like, "Oops, I accidentally shot my husband." Oh well, what can you do? Dum de dum de dum. Dum 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 dum. Yeah, exactly. We we won't go too crazy further with that. We we were pretty deep into this. And like I said, the finale is is the best part of the movie. Even right now, she's like, uh, Adam is convinced that, that you know she's gonna give it up because she's playing pretty much the same tone she's played this entire movie, but she's using it to her advantage now. And it, it's it's 
I, I'm looking forward to diving into more of these Roger Corman presents because all I really remember is Black Scorpion, and that was the one that was on VHS at, at your store a lot. Was that one? But um, yeah, there was there was actually a a Black Scorpion two that came out as well. Whew. But um, any final things but, you'd like to say about uh, this uh, this gem of a film? I'll have to say one thing: if if you're looking for some knockdown, drag out, great sci-fi action. Don't look for it in the first half of this movie. Stay for the second half. Folks, if you're listening at home, I, I implore you, if you can find this movie streaming anywhere or you have a copy of it on old school VHS or, or whatnot, watch it. it. It's it's worth sitting through and trudging through the first half of this movie to get the, the much better stellar second half. Because I feel like all the action, all the blood, all the gore, all the nudity, all the, the all the, the little tidbits that you look for in a Roger Corman produced movie is there at the, at the end. And as far as like the the other Roger Corman produced movies of this, I, I, I'm always down to review some more of these because some of these were really good. I remember Burial of the Rats being really good. They did a remake of Wasp Woman and Not of This Earth that was really good. There's a review. Make if you haven't seen it, dude. I definitely got to re- recommend the remake they did of A Bucket of Blood because that yeah, is good shit. That cast is stacked in that thing too. I, I was surprised um, that that it, that it was um, it, it was that stacked that cast. I mean, these films that I've only looked at, like the first like fifteen of them, but it's um, it's pretty stacked with with, with genre people. I mean, Paul Bartel shows up in a few of these things, and yeah, I'm not surprised there. But before before he passed on, he was in some of this stuff. And yes, you can find Circuit Breaker on on YouTube for free to watch. Hour and thirty five minutes, right there. So yeah, it's 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 a it's, it's a nice, decent. It's it's a good watch because it's like it's barely an hour and a half long. So it's not like these movies of today where everything's two hours and twenty minutes long, and you just gotta you gotta carve out a whole chunk of your afternoon to watch it. It's it's a good fun watch. If if you want something cheesy, you want something a little, you know off the beaten path you want something a, l- a little bit that's something you can sink sink your teeth into you know what i mean that's a, like not on the the road so traveled i i could recommend this movie yeah i can recommend it too it's, it's not a heavy recommend but like cameron said you know and if you're you think the first half drags you know once you get back to to the the, 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 the present day uh, of the the movie's um premise it's it's it really it really um it really gets exciting and She's just awful. That's like the biggest flaw of this movie is her and her in her acting. And I don't know who gave her direction to act like that, but is there, I guess the reason why this director didn't do a whole lot more movies, I guess, because he made her act terribly uh, around <laughs> around genre people who Corbin Burns and Richard Rico, Edie McClurg especially, who know the game, so they really don't need direction. They, they just say. Yeah, I mean, like, Corbin Burnson is doing what Corbin Burnson does, and Richard Grieco is doing what Richard Grieco does. But but they're all, like, professionals, and the the lady that played Katrina, what was her name, Laura Harris, just, it it just felt like she was not prepared for this. Or maybe it was, like, like you said, maybe it was the direction that she was given, maybe it wasn't solely on her. You know, I don't know, but, I, I yeah, I felt like she was the weakest link. One thing I want to mention, though. This has a, a fucking uh, a really good soundtrack that's done by Marco Beltrami. Uh, that he has done a ton of fucking genre stuff. He has done so much friggin' music that is not even funny. But yeah, stick around for for the soundtrack. The music in this movie is really stellar. 
And the in-space stuff looks decent, too. I forgot to mention that, you know, a lot of, like, old-school techniques used, you know, matte, matte painting on top of models, which did, didn't look awful, and I've seen a lot worse than this movie, let's put it that way. And um, Oh, same, same. Seen a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, J- Jason X, as much as I love it, you know, those effects look exponentially worse than this with, with, with spacecrafts, and um, it's, um, it, it's, it's a nice touch, the, the old-school... Um, model on matte painting and you know it's 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 fun it's fun this, this is good enough um if I, if I had to rate it though and I, i'll ask you for your rating too i i'd give it better than middle of the road because because of where it goes where it goes in the finale it's a six i think what, what do you think Kim? yeah you know I, I was thinking a six as well i'll match your six because it's i feel like anything a five and under i can't recommend but you know above a five i can recommend so yeah i'll give it a six it's it's better than it's better than most of your run-of-the-mill uh, you know sci-fi movies of this era because it didn't rely on a whole lot of cgi and i felt like at the time when they relied on cgi uh it just made it look cheaper and i like a lot of the models and the matte paintings that they used and whatnot you know the forced perspectives they use for the outer space shots i i felt like it worked for this kind of film and I was happy to not see a whole lot of CGI. So, yeah, yeah, I'll match your six. All right, cool. I, I think Cameron will be in with me on the next one, too, unless I put one up before. But the next time you hook Cameron, here, you'll heal, you'll heal, you'll heal Cameron. You'll hear Cameron on one of these. As, um, <laughs> we're doing a film that neither of us have seen before. <coughs> but um, called Night Force from 1987. Um, it stars Linda Blair and uh, one of the Van, Hatt- Van Patten boys, James Van Patten. And uh, Richard Lynch in uh, a rare good guy role. I'll say I'll give that spoiler right now. He's not playing a bad guy, and this is 1987, which is really strange for Richard Lynch. Um, yeah, to not play a uh, an evil conniving bastard. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> this is uh, d- d- directed by um, what's this guy's name? I just had Lawrence David Folds, who gave us. Genre stuff like the Young Warriors, which is another Toxic Male movie. Uh, Don't go near the park, which is one I, I haven't seen. I, I've heard of it. I, I check it out though. Don't Those, go near the park. Yeah, it sounds like a like sounds a, familiar. A slasher for, for 1979 though. So, huh. oh, wait, wait. Two siblings cursed in prehistoric times survive for millennia by feasting on the entrails of young people, prowling at what eventually becomes a park in contemporary Los Angeles. That just sounds crazy. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on that one. Starring Aldo Ray, and I'd imagine a very, very young Linnea Quigley. This is 1979. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I watched this one already, I, I, and I can tell you, um, spoiler on the review, I, I had a pretty good time with it. And, um, we'll get to that next, though. Night Force from 1987 on your next, uh, Burnt Ends episode. Uh, Cameron, I, I mentioned that you do a bunch of stuff, uh, with your cinema degen- degeneration. Um, Lay it down, man. What, what you got coming? Well, I got so many shows that I couldn't possibly mention them all here because I, I, I'm an, uh, a crazy son of a bitch that does way more than he should. But uh, the couple of the ones that I have coming up here uh, as of late, uh, I just dropped an episode on Zombie 8 
for a show called Sequel to Deja Vu, which is all just sequel sequels, more sequels. I'm getting ready to drop another brilliantly insane episode, which is the podcast I do on nothing but Nicolas Cage movies. We're getting ready to drop 8mm sometime either tomorrow or the day after, depending on how deep I get into the editing. And for Grindhouse Pizzeria, all my Grindhouse Exploitation Drive-In, uh, you know, fair. We are doing Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, which is a fucking phenomenal uh, car chase flick with uh, Peter Fonda. I recently watched uh, 8mm, and it doesn't go too good for Nicolas Cage in that movie. It's like it's like the uh, the more rapey ending of, of, of the, his Wicker Man. It's like, yeah, you know what? He's looking for a machine that's going to go real bad for him. So, spoiler for 8mm, yeah. you know. A, yeah, it doesn't go well for anybody in that movie. No, no <laughs> especially no. not Joaquin Phoenix. It does really not go well for him. Nobody wins in that movie. <laughs> they don't. Um, but that's everything I got coming up uh, in the pipeline here in the next couple of days, next week or so. Yeah, cool. Got stuff burning the fire too on this end. Um, recording some beef on Thursday night with Cameron actually as a guest, more than likely. He agreed to do it and. Torchies on Sunday night with with Wild Bill and our Patreon episode of The Shootist featuring John Wayne. Um, I'm looking forward to watching The Shootist again. It's been some years. It used to be my grandpa's favorite movie. Nice. Yeah, I found it. It's on, it's on <laughs> Paramount Plus, by the way. If you if you have that, um, um, I do. Yeah. L- l- look what you did. We were here supposed to do episode today. My fucking brain got fried because of work obligations. Shaolin Soccer is the next one on that one. Um, Dragon Ball Z soccer players just murdering the ball and doing insane things within the, within the soccer games, uh, starring and directed by the great Stephen Chow. Um, that should that should be a fun conversation. It's not <laughs> it's not a dumb movie. It's just an insane movie. Uh, that's a bit I've been, I've been on my end, and um, we'll be be back here uh, right in the smoker with you guys with, with Night Force from 1987, like I mentioned. I'm pretty sure this might be on YouTube, too. If you guys want to watch ahead, I will look quickly while I have you guys on the line. Why not, Rudd? The theme music sung by Linda Blair, by the way. and It's 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 one of the most 80s things you'll ever hear. And I'm wondering... More, more 80s than Chuck Norris singing uh, the Walker, Texas Ranger theme song? When the eyes of the ranger are upon you. <laughs> All the wrong you do, he's gonna see. This is not. This is not on uh, YouTube, by the way. I wish it was, but um, if you can find it, uh, go for it. Um, it's a, it's a cool seventy-five minutes. We'll talk about it next episode, though. But um, well, uh, seventy-five minutes that hardly even has time to suck. There you go. Well, yeah, that that, that makes it efficient, right? You know, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, this has been the burnt ends. And um, we'll see you guys all again next time. Later.